0: Well, grab your Bible this morning and open it to Mark chapter 9. We're going to get started there in the best book in the New Testament, the Gospel of Mark. And I want to show you something there as we talk about what it means and why serving in the church is important. We've been talking about the church and how important it is and why uh, this group of people that we call the church and this group of people that God created is so important And uh, I want to end with just this opportunity to talk about why it's important to serve in the church and to serve outside the church. And so um, we're going to dive into that and dig into it. Would you pray with me real quick? Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you that it speaks to our lives every single day. And um, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to it and help us um, understand exactly what you're saying to us this morning. But more than anything, Lord, help us to act on it. You said... Clearly, to put your word into practice. And so I pray that we would. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we spent several weeks talking about the church. And we've asked several questions. We've asked, why is the church important? We talked about why the church is important. Last week, Pastor Cooper uh, jumped in and talked about why relationships in the church are important. And uh, I'm thankful that Pastor Cooper could jump in. We had uh, Kate's grandma passed away, and so we had to fly to Cleveland real quick. And uh, Kate had the privilege of doing her Celebration of Life service. And it was a great time hanging out with family and saying goodbye to Grandma and sending her to heaven. She's 96. So she's a great life, and we were we felt privileged to be in our late 40s and still have grandma around, right? So what a blessing! And uh, so uh, we were excited about that. So I'm glad that we have awesome pastors at church like Cooper that can jump in. Well, today I, I want to answer the question: Why is serving in the church important? And I want to jump into it right in Mark chapter nine, because there's there's a moment in Mark chapter nine with the disciples. Where they can be a lot like us. (laughs) And I want to show it to us because it's important and then make a couple of points from it. So, Mark chapter 9, verse 30 to 35. It said, They left that place, the place that they were in, and they passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying, however, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve disciples over to him, and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Now notice with me in this moment that Jesus had with his disciples, how we can often be just like them. It's astounding to me that Jesus wants to spend time just with them. He says, I'm going to get away from the public, and I just want to be with my closest friends. We all have moments like that. But in this case, Jesus had an incredibly important message that he needed the men who would take over the responsibility of leading the people of God forward into understanding who Jesus was to understand an extremely important lesson. And it was to argue about who was the greatest in the church. (laughs) Have you ever noticed how many times the disciples just completely missed it? Like just completely missed it. Have you ever noticed how many times I have completely missed it? Have you ever been like a disciple? Like, how did I miss the most important thing in the kingdom of God for so long? But can't we do that? We're just like them. So many times we completely miss something, and it's because we're focused on something about ourself. And that's exactly what the disciples were doing. They were focused on self. But Jesus says something to them super important. While they're focusing on themselves and who might be the greatest, Jesus declares something that is profound. Jesus says, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to die for the whole world. And they miss it because they're focused on self. And I think the same thing can happen to us today. We can get so focused on ourselves that we forget that the church And being a Christian and following Jesus is about serving. It's not about focusing on me. It's about serving Jesus. Now, here's what's interesting. Have you ever had one of these moments maybe with your kids where they weren't getting something, and so you went and you sat down and you said, okay, all right, come here. Did you notice Jesus did that? It says in verse 35, he sat down, all right. All right. Come here, guys. Come on. Come on. All right, gather around, gather around, gather around. Now and we all know what he wanted to do, right? John, come here. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, come here. Two for you. <laughs> right? But he didn't. He said, "Come on, come on, guys here. I, I need you to understand something, guys. The most important people in my kingdom. The most important people in heaven, the most important people to me are people who serve. Now in your world, in your world, the world you've grown up with, you focus on who's the greatest. Has life changed? Here we are, 2,000 years later. Has one thing even changed? Nope. Not a thing. In our culture, what do we do? Focused on the greatest all the time. Focused on the greatest sports athlete, the greatest singer, greatest political person. We don't talk about the servants. We talk about the greatest. And we try to be the greatest. And Jesus says what? In my world, the greatest are the people that serve. I always think it's interesting that Jesus is always flipping everything on its ear. Have you noticed that? Which brings us to our first point about serving, and that is that serving is the way of Jesus. This is the way. This is, this is how you and I are called to live. This is what it means to be a Christian. We follow our Savior. And just the next chapter, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus is going to say this. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the life of Jesus, and he calls us to this life. And in heaven, it'll all get flipped around, and the ones who are the greatest will be the ones who were the greatest servants. Now, it's interesting, even even in religious circles, most religions are based on serving the gods, because they're powerful, and you don't want to be squashed by a powerful god. And, And so humanity has built and made up our own gods and even in Greek and Roman mythology which is the time that the Bible is written there is the idea that the Roman and Greek gods are awesome and we are puny humans and we must serve the God but also what's interesting is in Roman and Greek mythology there were moments where the gods would come to earth which is interesting, which what what might have made the gospel a little bit more understandable to the Greek world than it was to the Jewish world, because the Jews thought completely the opposite. They said, God is far too superior to ever come to earth. He's far too holy. He's far too awesome. He would never come here. Mankind doesn't deserve to have him here. We should go to him, but he should, he should never come here. This is partly why the teachers of the law were so upset when Jesus would call himself God and would, and, and was, would say, I'm God and I'm here on the planet. They would get so upset about that because they, they felt like God was just too awesome to do that. But Jesus flips that on its ear. And he says, no, this is who I am. I serve. That's what I've been doing since the beginning of time. I've been serving mankind. And so he comes. And did you notice that when Jesus came, he got dirty with humanity, didn't he? I mean, he didn't hang out with the elitist. He didn't hang out with all the people that were thought to be the greatest. He hung out with the people at the bottom, the lowest strata, prostitutes and tax collectors, the people that had no friends. Jesus was serving them. He lived as a carpenter for 15 years, serving his community and his city. And lastly, he died for us in the greatest act of servanthood ever. See, serving is the way of Jesus. In John 12, 26, it says, Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one serves me. See, serving is a part of following Jesus. It's an expression of our faith. It's the way that we say Jesus is important. How many of you in the room are Star Wars fans? Okay, me too. And uh, I I really enjoyed the last series, The Mandalorian. And uh, in the series of Mandalorian, for those of you that didn't watch it and weren't a part of it, Mandalorian is a special group of people, and sometimes they were not so great people, and sometimes they were good people, but the the Mandalorian had a code, and often their code was different than, than the culture, and they would do things crazy like help somebody get from one end of the galaxy to the other end of the galaxy just to serve them, or or to keep their word, they would die to keep their word. And so they would do things that were really countercultural. And when people didn't understand that, or when the Mandalorians were trying to encourage each other, they had a phrase that they would always say. They would say, This is the way. This is the way we live. This is what we do. This is who we are. And I think you and I need to be reminded of that, that serving. Serving Jesus, serving the church, serving the world, this is the way of a Christian. This is the way of a believer. And this is our unique DNA as a church. Serving is the way of Jesus, and we're called to serve as well. Second, serving helps the church of Jesus Christ thrive and fulfill its mission. Helps us thrive. Not just survive, but thrive And fulfill the mission to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. See, the mission of the church is to make disciples and uh, glorify Jesus on the earth and be a community that models the life of Christ. And we accomplish that through serving one another and serving the world. Because we believe that salvation came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, but was accomplished through this unbelievable act of servanthood, the cross, and the resurrection. And so this act of servanthood is essential to everyone's life and eternity. It's an act of service that Jesus did that you and I are called to tell the world about, tell people in Cheney and beyond to to know him and live for Jesus daily. Now let me ask a question as we talk about the church thriving and fulfilling its mission. What would happen if we all decided to stop serving? What would happen if we all decided to stop serving the world and one another in the church? Well, if we stop serving, then the mission stops too, doesn't it? The mission that Jesus called us to, it ends, it ceases, it's it's hindered. And, And what happens when we don't serve at church? Well... We stop discipling one another well. We stop growing as a community. The the Bible loses its importance in our lives. The ability to be a force of healing and salvation in our city goes away if we stop serving our city. Our kids and youth suffer when there aren't adults and people that have lived with Jesus for a little while that are willing to jump in and provide discipleship opportunities for them. Our own spiritual lives suffer as adults when we don't get involved in discipleship, when we don't serve one another, we don't, we, we stop growing in Jesus and, and we don't become the people of God that we are supposed to be and to, to be thriving and to be on mission for Jesus when we're not serving. See, serving is one of the foundations of the church. Serving keeps the momentum of the gospel of Jesus Christ moving forward. And serving helps you and me thrive in our faith, not just survive. Most of you know that I like to be on my boat, right? Something I enjoy. Here's what's interesting about a boat: um, it has to be in motion for you to steer it in a direction. If it's not in motion, it doesn't. You can't steer it, and so. That reminds me a lot of our lives, of our personal lives, and of the church. We're meant to be in motion. We're not meant to be stagnant. We're not meant to be comfortable. We're meant to be uncomfortable. And we're meant to be in motion. And as you and I serve the church of Jesus Christ and as we serve one another, that puts us in motion. It puts us in motion on mission to serve the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's what's interesting. When you're in motion, when you're serving, Jesus can steer you in the direction he wants you to go. If you're not in motion, you're just stagnant. You're just sitting there. He can't steer you in the direction he wants you to go. See, the church thrives and fulfills its mission when we are serving, when we are in motion. Jesus. The third reason we should serve is one of the blessings of serving. One of the blessings of serving is that serving fosters relationships. Now, I'm not going to take a lot of time here because Pastor Cooper did a great job last week talking about how relationships work in the church, but let me just say this. Many times, The relationships that you and I develop and grow in and start and foster and make grow are those relationships where you're serving with people. So when you serve on a team of people at church doing whatever it might be, serving in Faith Kids or Amp Youth or Women's or Men's or hanging out with somebody at the door, smiling at people when they come in, whatever it is, whatever team you're serving on here at church Uh, What's interesting about that is as you hang out with those people and as you serve shoulder to shoulder, they become your buddies. They become the the people that you begin to do life with. As you serve with them, the more you serve with them, the more you discover that um, you do things outside the church with them and you encourage one another and you build one another up and you find yourself doing life together because you were serving together to begin with. And so I want to encourage you, if you're looking for relationships in the church and you're looking for deep friendships and relationships, um, a lot of times that happens when you serve together. By the way, uh, we, we have all kinds of stories out there in movies and books and everything about Brothers and sisters that serve in the military, when they serve shoulder to shoulder, right, and they go through tough things together, they end up with the strongest and deepest relationships, don't they? That needs to happen in the church, too. And it does when you serve with people. And so I want to encourage you to get shoulder to shoulder with someone on a team at our church and serve so that you can end up in deep relationship. The fourth point about serving is that serving helps us discover and develop our spiritual gifts. Every single one of us has a spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit wants to use. And uh, look at 1 Corinthians 12 with me. If if you want to turn there, you can, or you can look on the screen with me. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Um, Verse 4 says this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. And then look at verse five. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. And here's what's interesting. Before the Apostle Paul even talks about what the gifts are, he tells us the purpose of the gifts. And what's the purpose? To serve. The reason the Holy Spirit wants to give you a spiritual gift And the reason he wants you to use it on a regular basis is to serve. To serve the church, to serve the world, to serve one another, to care, to grow, to be spiritually growing and thriving as a church, and to also take the gospel to the ends of the earth. The purpose of our spiritual gifts is to serve. Verse 6, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us, and then this phrase, so we can help each other. So our spiritual gifts are for serving and for helping, and God does that. Now, here's what's interesting. In the church, as we serve, we help. We're helping, we're serving, we're growing, we're thriving because we use our spiritual gift. Now, you may say, I don't know what mine is, Pastor Mark. Well, here's a list of some of the gifts. This isn't all of the gifts, but here's some of them that you can begin to pray about and begin to say, Holy Spirit, help me discover and develop what my gift might be. Verse two, verse 8. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Each person should have. You have something. It's inside of you. It's just waiting to come out. So I encourage you to let the Holy Spirit discover and develop your gift. Peter said in chapter 4, verse 10, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Here's Peter saying the same thing in a much shorter way, but just as profound. The gifts are meant to serve others. Now, here's what we see. There are two things that are very clear from these verses that you and I need to understand regularly. Number one, the Holy Spirit has a spiritual gift for you. God has a unique gift that he wants you to use all the time to serve others. And second, you're meant to use your gift to serve others. These are the two things that are overwhelmingly clear in the New Testament. Holy Spirit has a gift for you, and you're meant to use it to serve others. Now, most of the time, or a lot of the time, I've noticed that people will discover their spiritual gift while they're serving. You may not know what it is right now, but as you serve, as you get in motion with the Holy Spirit, you'll discover what your spiritual gift is. And and sometimes it works in a mysterious way, but sometimes you got to figure out what it is. So you may say, Pastor Mark, I I hear you this morning. I'm going to go serve in Faith Kids. And you go serve, and you're like, three months later, you come to Pastor Mark, and you're like, that ain't it. (laughs) That ain't it. But I love those kids, and I'll help whoever else wants to teach them, but that ain't it for me. And so you go hang out at the front door, and you're like, Pastor Mark, I don't think that'll work for me either. Why? I don't like to smile. Okay, yeah, that ain't your job then. We want smilers at the front door, amen? (laughs) Yeah, we want smilers at the front door. So you have to, you just start doing something else. You just be in motion, and we're okay with that. We don't say, when you sign up for Faith Kids, you have to do that till Jesus comes back. But that's not what we do here. Go figure it out. Figure out what your gift is. You know, sometimes we have open mic morning, you know, and you're probably sitting in your seat like, Oh, God, the Holy Spirit wants me to say something, but I can't do that. Okay, write it down and give it to me and I'll say it. But, but what would that be? The gift of Prophecy the gift of encouragement right but start using it as you get in motion you know you keep using it you keep doing it and pretty soon you know a couple years later you're like yeah i can talk in the mic now i can do that here's here's what god's saying to us this morning right you got to be in motion you start serving but as you continue to serve in the church what you'll discover is that the holy spirit will help your gift grow And your gift will be developed, and it just becomes something beautiful to honor Jesus as you reveal him to the world and encourage your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, the last point I want to make about serving is that serving in the church and outside the church, for that matter, is the greatest privilege in our lives. There's nothing more important and there's nothing greater than serving Jesus. I talked a couple weeks ago about how important the church is in the world and how important we are as a group of people to take the saving message of Jesus Christ to the world. Well, that only happens when you and I serve. And so if we're the most important group, then that means serving in this group becomes the most important thing. See, this, this world, our planet, it has so many opportunities, doesn't it? I mean, there's so many things to do. There's so many things we could be doing, and especially in the United States, we are so blessed. Could you just tell your neighbor really quick, I'm so blessed to live in America. Just really quick, tell your neighbor, I'm so blessed to live in America. It really is true. You and I are so blessed to be here. Even with all of the struggle and the frustrations we're having as a nation right now, it still is an enormous blessing to live here. I mean, think about it for a minute. You, you can go wherever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can go take a vacation on the weekend. You can go have fun somewhere. You can go to a ball game. You can go to a concert. You can, there are countries where none of that ever happens in your lifetime. And we have it on the weekend all the time. That's just what we have as Americans. So we have all these opportunities that are afforded to us, right? But they can also be distractions, can't they? From getting us to serve Jesus, to grow in Jesus. And so we have to, like the disciples in Mark 9, right? We have to remember, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And it's my privilege to serve him because he served me. One of the things I've discovered, and you probably have too, about serving is that we serve people and things we believe are important. This is so true. We serve people and things that we believe are important. Let me give you an example. If grandma calls you and you answer the phone and she says, hey, Marky, I need some help at my house picking up the leaves. Have you ever once said, sorry, Graham, you're on your own. Click. No, nobody does that. Well, maybe some do, but we are we're, we kick them out of our culture, right? <laughs> what do you do? Sure, Graham, I'll be right over. Why? Because grandma's important. Grandma's important. So you go over there and help grandma. If the coach of your... Kids' little league baseball team says, Hey, parents, uh, I need some people to kind of help me wrangle kids up while we're having practice, and I need some people to be sna- to do snacks. Can you do that? What do you do? You say, yeah, oh, sure, I can do that. What do I do? Just stand over by first base and make sure Jimmy stops eating dirt. Okay, cool, I can do that, right? But you do it, you jump in. Why? Because your kids. Uh, sports activities are important to you, and so you're like, yeah, I want them to have a great experience. If the school calls and says, hey, uh, in two weeks it's teacher appreciation day and we're looking for some parents to come and hang out in the classroom so our teachers can go have a lunch on their own and we're going to bless them and blah, 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 you say yes, I'll jump in. Why? Because you recognize that your teacher is important. If Jesus says, hey, I want you to serve me, is Jesus important enough that you'll say yes? sign me up. See, that's where the rubber meets the road. If Jesus is important, then we'll say yes. And when you serve in the church, what you're really saying is, Jesus is important to me. The church is important to me. The next generation is important. Spiritual growth is important. Helping people believe in Jesus and receive eternal life is important, and it's the greatest privilege in the world. Therefore, sign me up. What can I do? See, serving in the church is our greatest privilege because Jesus is important to us. Therefore, I want you to say, Pastor Mark, how can I serve? What can I do for Jesus? Now, you may be thinking right now, I know this is what you're thinking. What could I do? What, what, seriously, Pastor Mark, don't end here. What could I do? Tell me something I could do. Well, let me give you a couple things you could do. If you could teach, you can teach in Faith Kids. It's actually not that hard. If I can do it, anybody can do it, right? And by the way, there are some Sunday mornings, I'm not gonna lie to you, I love it in there. There are some Sunday mornings I'd rather be in there than in here. Don't tell anybody. But it's true. I love hanging out with the kids in there. I mean, Oliver's running up to me to give me my water bottle. Is that not the coolest? Like, they do that for 45 minutes. There's no way your heart can come out of there sad, right? They're just going to love on you, and you're going to love on them. It's awesome. Hey, we need a couple people to make meals for AMP Youth, on Thursday nights. If you know how to make a great soup or a good spaghetti, if you can make spaghetti, you can make anything. So, right? Sign up to make a meal. We need people to serve coffee on Sunday mornings, people to be a smiling face at the front door. Can you play an instrument or sing? I'm sure Pastor Cooper would love to talk to you about being on the worship, so- worship team sometime. See, the important thing is that each of us are serving so that our life declares this one thing, Jesus is important to me. Jesus is important to me. Would you stand and pray with me? If one of those things sounds like something you can do, I want to encourage you, uh, just go to the what or the next step station right outside the door and uh, fill out a response card and um, just say, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll sign up to do Faith Kids. I'll sign up to make meals. I'll sign up. But by the way, any ministry in church is not going to turn you away. So if I didn't mention one that you want to do, just write it on the card and, and we'll, we'll, someone will call you. We'll say yes too, right? And so um, I just think it's so imperative that you and I be a group of people that are serving one another and serving the world. So that when the world sees us, they say, man, that is a group of people I want to hang around with. Just the way they love one another and serve one another and help each other and care for one another. That's exactly what I'm looking for in my life. That's missing in me. And that's what we need to model to a lost and hurting world. And then secondly, we're just simply saying from ourselves, personally, in our own heart, in our own spirit, hey, Jesus is important to me. That's why I serve him. Jesus, we give you thanks and we give you praise that you said that to us. You said, humanity, mankind, you're important to me. So I'll come serve you. I'll come die on a cross for you. I'll come back to life to conquer death for you. I'm going to serve you so that you'll know how important you are to me. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to say that same thing back to you. That we would say, Jesus, you're important to me. How can I serve? Sign me up somewhere. Jesus, I pray that you would stir every single one of us right now. We would discover where we can serve, and we would do it with a grateful heart. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being here this morning. Sign up at Next Step Station and uh, fill out a card. Tell them where you want to serve. And always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.